0: Most notably here with you, James Golden. Nice to have you here. If you'd like to be part of today's program, 800 848 WABC, 800 848 9222. I see that Kevin doesn't have one that that blue and white monstrosity that he usually wears here on Monday. Um, I think I know why. Because today's Halloween. Is that the real reason, or is it because I asked you a question? I asked you how your team did yesterday. That was New York. That New York, uh, and you didn't answer. You said, "Oh, I have to go. I have to to go. I have to go somewhere." Well, I needed to use the bathroom, number one, so just wanted to clear that up. Uh, Number two, it is a national holiday. I am a child at heart, as you know, so I love to celebrate Halloween every year it comes around, no matter what day it is. So that's why I'm not wearing the Giants outfit now. Okay, so did so? What happened to them yesterday? They lost. They lost, like oh. every team has. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to hear you say it. Those two beautiful words, they lost. The beginning of the end. How did it feel to be beneath them this whole time? I have never been underneath the New York the Giants. The Cowboys right, were right. this whole time, your, your team well, just, just. I haven't been. <laughs> Another tie. Ay,
2: ay, ay. Not good.
0: Okay, so. There are so many things in the news. It is Halloween. I hope you have a Halloween experience that is worthwhile today. If you are going out to Woo! party, please be careful. If you are, Kevin's dressed up. He's got on. He, he's like dressed up like a nerd today. Correct. Yeah, that's his little outfit, like little Poindexter guy. Woo! Um, there <laughs> is a huge court case that is, has happened at the Supreme Court today. It's something that many of us have been. Have been anticipating for years that would happen with a new majority of conservative justices and that would be affirmative action is under review and if you... Uh, there, there is already despair and, and the cases were just heard, the two cases cases heard today and some of the liberals who already look. we know how this is going to turn out, Let's, what's next? What do we do now? In the course of reading about this I came across an op-ed that is in the Los Angeles Times by a gentleman, I presume it's a man named Aaron Tang, T-A-N-G, Aaron Tang. Mr. Tang, it turns out, is a former law professor at UC Davis, a former law clerk to Justice Sonia Sotomayor, and a former eighth-grade history teacher at a charter school. What, What an interesting background. And I expected, and this just goes to show you what prejudices are. I have my own prejudices. I expected I expected when I started reading this thing, I tried to mentally brace myself for what was coming. Oh, this is going to be another one of those liberal pieces, tearing apart the justices and, and tearing apart um, the idea that they should act on affirmative. What I got was a surprise. I actually ended up after several paragraphs saying to myself as I was reading along, hmm, I I kind of agree with that. Hmm, I kind of agree with that. And then he mentions this thing called teacher choice, and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. So before the show's over today, I want to delve into that article. Of course, um, Twitter is back in the news, as it will be. Uh, Mr. Musk has gotten rid of the twitter board of directors they're all gone he's the sole director for the moment he is also saying that those little blue check marks i don't have a blue check mark next to my name at twitter i never wanted one but a lot of people place a lot of value on them Uh, means you're verified i'm just at bo Snerdly, s-n-e-r-d-l-e-y at bo Snerdly. and there's no blue check mark or anything i've never wanted one But now he's talking about charging people, maybe. On Twitter, he's talking about maybe charging people for those little valuable blue check marks to show that you are indeed who you say you are. Uh, There is something on Twitter that liberals are fuming about, those that are left. A lot of the Hollywood crowd say they're leaving Twitter. And that is Don Trump Jr. made a post today. And some might think it's insensitive. The Post was a meme that was a picture. Donald Trump Jr. said, hey, I'm, I've got my Halloween costume ready. And the picture was a pair of uh, uh, underwear briefs with a hammer laid on top of it. That, of course, has sparked fury in some camps. It turns out that uh, it is a federal crime to do what David DePape, or DePape, or Pepe did. The Department of Justice has filed a federal assault and kidnapping charge against the man accused of breaking into the home of the Pelosi's and violently beating Mr. Pelosi. Of course, by the way, there was a big controversy on Twitter when uh, Elon Musk tweeted retweeted something that called into question the events that had happened in the Pelosi home. Many people have been questioning a number of things, like why were they both in underwear? Um, if if indeed they both were in underwear. Uh, some of the questioning has gone back to Mr. Pelosi's DUI arrest. There was a witness. Who was that witness? It was out in the middle of nowhere. Was it perhaps a passenger? And if it was a passenger in the car, who was he? I don't have the answers to any of these questions. I've seen a lot of this stuff posted. On Twitter, there have been others uh, questioning or making claims that Mr. Depepe had had previous arrest for prostitution. I saw nothing at all by way of factual information to back that up. There are other, of course, spinning the conspiracy that perhaps the two gentlemen knew each other, <coughs> knew each other, <coughs> knew each other. <coughs> knew each other yeah I'm fine in ways that uh some people n- know each other um, oh, yeah, i have seen nothing i I'm, look i'm not trying to spread any malicious rumors i'm just telling you what's on twitter and other social media platforms i've seen nothing to back that up and i'm not you know i don't retweet that kind of stuff because there's there's no facts there it's it's, it's, it's not, anybody could get on the internet and say anything People can dress up things to make it look like that they that, that that they are found some nugget of information from somewhere that looks official, and in fact, it's all made up. So I'm ho- keeping the powder dry, so to speak. I'm not I'm not going to. I do have questions, like many and many people are asking. Hey, where's the CCTV footage? There was security footage. How come that hasn't been released? There have been others that noticed that there was a quick smear campaign against this assailant trying to make him out to be MAGA. In fact, I saw a picture of him with a MAGA hat, only one, and that could have been deep fake stuff, too. With all of the ways to lie, especially on the Internet, who knows these days what one can believe with breaking news? I do know that there are certain things about this story that, I don't know, they sound a little odd. I mean, it, admit it. It sounds odd when you hear, okay, 2 o'clock in the morning, and today we're told the guy had zip uh, zip ties with him, and he, what else? And all that stuff. And immediately they started trying to, people that were doing this were trying to make a link to a January sixth that was made of a, of one of these guys, one of these clowns with with, um, zip ties, and supposedly I've seen in print he had a much larger list and all this, but the point is, who do you believe? I certainly am beyond believing the mainstream press, and this whole where's Nancy thing, we're assuming that that's what's said because that's what we've been told. He came in and said, where's Nancy? Where is the CCTV footage that can prove if that's correct? So people are asking legitimate questions, and those questions deserve to be answered. In the meantime, of course, you get political spin from people like Jennifer Rubin. Republicans have made violence part of their brand. She says "Uh, political violence is not an unintended consequence of the MAGA movement. Much like Nike's swoosh, it is at the center of the movement brand. Well, idiocy, victimhood, political spin is the center of Jennifer Rubin's trait, and and Trump hate is, is her brand. But how could something like this happen? Well, for the Post report, she says, for a wide swath of Republicans, Pelosi's enemy number one, a target of the collective rage, conspiratorial thinking, and overt misogyny that have marked the party's hard right turn in recent years. She goes on to say, oh, she talks about Nazi swastikas and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. They put that on. Uh, in, indeed, the GOP has made it standard practice to demonize Democrat women. That includes, of course, Pelosi, but also Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Hillary Clinton. And don't forget Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson, whom Republican members of the Senate Judiciary Committee accuse of coddling child molesters during her confirmation. Is that all? So you see, Democrat women are victims from evil Republicans. Yeah, yeah, victims, Democrat women. Like, Republican women are never smeared. Look what they did to Amy Comey. Brian, you could go down the list of Republican women for decades that have been demonized and worse by, by these people on the left. But oh, 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 we're supposed to feel sorry Because people actually criticize AOC, they criticize the corrupt Hillary Clinton, and they criticize a woman who was asking to be placed on the Supreme Court, and she did, who can't even define what a woman is. Boo hoo, Jennifer Rubin, my heart bleeds. James Golden, AK, we are snurly, we are expecting Representative Scott Perry to be with us. And I can't wait to ask him what the mood is. I talked to a friend of mine who's an election worker in one of the uh, uh, battleground states, and she said things are going amazingly well.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer all lowercase.
0: That's shopify.com slash special offer. So, James Golden, aka Stern, we're coming back. Your call is welcome today. 800-848-WABC 800-848-9222 Back in a moment. This is the Rush Hour with those nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ooh, MJ brings us back. Billy Sheen. Like
2: queen
0: from a It is the, the genius of Quincy Jones. We are so pleased to have with us our friend and truly an American hero, Representative Scott Perry, 10th District, Pennsylvania. How are you, Congressman?
1: So nerdly, James Golden. I'm awesome because I'm on the radio with you. It's
0: awesome. You are amazing. You know, I'm gonna. I hope I'm not gonna embarrass you, but people hear the word congressman. Congressman, I want to tell you folks something about uh, Scott Perry. And you can find this if you go to his website, as I did earlier today. Um, And I had to refresh myself about Scott's background. Scott has one of the most amazing stories that you will ever hear in your life. This gentleman that is speaking with us now began working at the age of 13, picking fruit. You heard me, picking fruit in Mechanicsburg at a farm. During his life, before Congress, he worked as a mechanic. He was a dock worker, a draftsman, a licensed insurance agent. We're not going to hold that against him. He held a myriad of other jobs, uh, went to Votech school, put himself through college. He also served the military, a distinguished career in the military, and you know this is the kind of life the american dream is still alive when you hear people think that, that you make it to congress oh you must be born rich you or somehow made it rich cuz it costs so much to get an elective office you work your way up from what what many people consider to be the bottom rung of society you 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 are the grandchild of immigrants You and your family have lived the American dream. So, Representative Scott Perry, I have a question to ask you. As we are entering into this midterm election, there's so many people either optimistic, pessimistic, depending on where they think political fortunes are going to fall. But are you optimistic or pessimistic about the American dream and if it's still alive in this country with all that we're dealing with?
1: Bo. Thanks so much. And of course, you know, I'm a product of—don't uh, forget this in the resume—a product of listening to you on the radio for for 30 years, inspiring me and uh, and and pointing the way, and, and and quite honestly, helping. You know, a lot of people don't have courage in this world, especially in the legislature. And it's not rocket science, Bo. It's not it's not calculus, which I struggled through. It's not brain surgery. It's just courage. It's just standard run-of-the-mill courage to do the, the right thing even though it's difficult because, you know, the press is going to say bad things about you and some of your neighbors are going to be – you know, the crazy left is going to be crazy. I'm optimistic because this is the country that that provided the opportunity for a, a young lady who was married at a child bride who left Columbia, South America, and came to America – um, and clean toilets is her first job, and uh, and and you know me as a guy who picked fruit, worked in sewers, and did all kinds of things. People say, you know, I listen to the resume, Bo, and I'm thinking your listeners are going, this guy can't hold a job. Um, <laughs> but I, I, did, I, I did a lot of things, and I'm proud of every single one of them. Um, and and you know I've I've been able in America because of the country that we have to go from picking fruit and cleaning the sewers. To, uh, are working in sewers to the most important deliberative body on the planet. But I would say this, Bo. I think I, I think our chances are diminishing. Um, I, I don't think we have the rest of our lifetime to get this right and to right this ship. So in the next two years, look, I think that we're going to win the House. The Republicans are going to win the majority in the House. I think there's now a good chance that we can win in the Senate. Here's what we can't do, Bo. You can't sit on our hands and play it safe and and just not want to offend anybody for the sake of trying to win the next election uh, by not making anybody mad. We're going to have to offend some folks. Those folks are on the left, and we're going to have to, you know, we can't keep doing the same things and think the outcome's going to be different. We're going to have to do some different things, and they're going to have to be big things, Bo. And that's my big... Give
0: me some question. examples of some of the big things, Scott Perry, well, that you all, would like to look, see done.
1: I think... I think w- you know the the President's going to be the President, right? We're not going to change that, right? But we shouldn't we we should look at our Constitution and say, "You know what? this experiment in having the federal government involved in our local education hasn't worked. Let's get rid of the Department of Education Now, President Biden's not going to sign that, but the House should pass it and send everybody a message that we hear what they're saying, And if you elect a Republican president, we fully mean to do that. We have got to get this spending house in order. I look at what happened today. And I think about the Department of Justice, and I think, why don't we have them on a three-month budget where we call them in every three months? We allocate the money that they have um, to do the investigations that we think are appropriate. We we run them through the mill in a hearing where they outline their budget and what they're spending their money on and the investigations they're doing. And we don't give them money to investigate the American people for having a difference of opinion with the Biden administration. Every three months we do that. And we rein them in. We're going to have to do things differently. And those are just like a couple things right off the top. I mean, you know, it should be axiomatic to say we need to secure our southern border. It's a national security issue. And so we should pass no spending bills out of out of Congress that don't include securing our border. And if the president doesn't like it, let him veto it and then let him own the shutdown. But Republicans are going to have to be willing to be confrontational. It's not comfortable, Bo, and we wish we didn't have to. But we didn't start this fight. We didn't start it, right? So, um, but we're going to have to do some things that we haven't done before uh, to get everybody's attention and to let the American people know that we hear them and, and 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 we intend to do something about the things that concern them.
0: Nearby, in your state, there is a district attorney who in Philadelphia says that uh, if you talk about crime in blue cities, you're reverting back to Richard Nixon's uh, Southern strategy and that you're racist. Minutes after he made a speech accusing Republicans of being racist, a a 15-year-old girl, and this is literally minutes uh, or within hours of his speech, a 15-year-old girl was raped on her way to school, broad daylight in Philadelphia on Broad and Race Street, incidentally, which is just two blocks away from City Hall.
1: Yep, I know exactly where it is.
0: The crime that has inflicted cities all across America, our governor here in New York, Kathy Hochul, says it's a conspiracy, that it doesn't really exist. What are Republicans going to do or should do about this out of control crime wave that has swept American cities.
1: So Republicans at every single level, level. Level. The first thing you do is you support your law enforcement. You start talk. Stop talking about the the fraction of a percent of of bad eggs in every organization, including law enforcement. You stop. Not that Republicans do do that, but look, they're out there. We get it. Not every institution is perfect, but we start extolling the virtues of those who wake up in the middle of the night and put their life on the line every single day when they leave their home, not knowing if they're ever coming home to their family to go out and keep us safe in our streets. That's that's the first thing that every single elected official, Republican, Democrat, independent across the board should be doing. The second thing, where you have jurisdictions, and particularly this goes with governors and state legislatures, is to support law enforcement and root out Root out and throw out, impeach when necessary and when appropriate, and in Krasner's case it is appropriate and necessary, impeach folks that are willing to uh, flout the Constitution, to laugh at it, and to disrespect it and disregard it. Throw them out with prejudice. Um, and, and make sure that, uh, that we send a signal to every other person that seeks those offices, those high offices of keeping us safe, that we expect them to keep us safe and not to side with the criminals.
0: We are just about out of time here. I'm going to invite you back after the election is over, and let's talk when we have numbers, when we have hard numbers about who's controlling what in Congress, and let's hear more about what we should expect. And what the rep? This time, Representative Perry, we cannot afford to have the Republicans that vote Republicans in dissatisfied afterwards because they say, "I sent these people there to do a specific job, and nothing got done." This time, yeah, get, there has to be an accountability from the Republicans that get sent to the House and to the Senate.
1: Yeah, we 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 simply can't survive the normal thing of Republicans sitting on their hands saying, you know, look, vote for us because we're a better alternative than the crazy people on the left. The country won't survive it. This party won't survive it. We absolutely have to take action. I can't wait to come back after we see what the size of the majority is and then see what is literally
0: possible. Thank you, my friend. And ladies and gentlemen, you hear Scott Perry. If you are not familiar with him, please get familiar with him. I think Congressman, I'm not going to ask you to respond to this. I think you should be a key member of the leadership of this party moving forward. Thanks for being with us today.
1: God bless you, Boast Nerdly. Thank you very much for the opportunity.
0: That's Congressman Scott Perry, Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen, and we will be back more Boast Nerdly's Rush Hour right after this. This is the Rush Hour with Bo nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We play it on Saturday. Like
2: like That's
0: Prince. Bring us back the rivalry. First break was MJ, and now it's Prince. And that, well, there was. (laughs) Yeah, those two had an interesting history with each other, MJ and Prince during the day. But both geniuses, aren't they? Prince was just one of the most amazing musical talents ever, ever. Of course, so was MJ. All right, I want to get to this really quickly, and then I want to get to your calls. The op-ed that I referred to from Aaron Chang. Now, look, there's a lot you're not going to agree with if you bother to read the L.A. Times in here. I mean, he says outlawing race-conscious admissions nationwide will deepen educational inequality, have social costs. As As Thurgood Marshall once argued, unless our children begin to learn together, there is little hope that our people will ever learn to live together. I, well... But he says he's expecting affirmative action to be outbanned at the Supreme Court level. And he says there will be an instinct to respond small by tinkering with university admissions policies once race can no longer be considered. That would be a mistake. Equity advocates should go big, aiming at the root causes of educational inequality. And that is when I said, huh, I don't consider myself an equity advocate, but we should be dealing with the root causes of the educational disparities. I don't call it inequality. He says that um, there's some low-hanging fruit. For example, colleges should eliminate alumni and donor preferences. Okay, go right ahead. My children might appreciate a legacy boost, but they would have done nothing to deserve it. Absolutely right. Then he says that schools, after they eliminate those preferences and all that, usually African American student enrollment would still decline. All of this underscores a deeper truth. Tweaking with university admissions policies is a woefully inadequate response to our uneven educational playing field. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Uno.
0: He's your numero uno. He goes on to say, When I was a pre- uh, public school teacher in St. Louis, I witnessed every day how children from all racial and socioeconomic backgrounds could learn and excel when properly supported at school. Yet, I also saw how that support was too often lacking in schools serving poorer kids and kids of color. Many disadvantaged students don't have access to resources, such as basic books. In the middle school where I taught, classrooms had only a single set of textbooks, meaning teachers could not assign meaningful homework. There was no library. School facilities in poorer neighborhoods are often often frequently inadequate. The city of Detroit recently admitted, for instance, that not a single one of its public school buildings was in compliance with health and safety codes. Huh. But the most significant source of K-12 through educational inequality by far is a lack of access to high-quality teachers. Say what? Studies consistently show that teachers' quality is the most critical school variable. Yet evidence shows students of color are far more likely to have low quality teachers. Ooh. Wow. In Los Angeles, for example, African American students are 43% more likely to be taught by chronically ineffective teachers than their white peers, for Latino students the figure is 68%. So he's advocating something that he calls teacher choice. Basically, if you can't afford to send your kid to a school with high-quality teachers, send the high-quality high teachers into those districts. I agree with that. Now, let me say this about all of this. Here you have this guy. He he was a clerk for Justice Sonia uh, uh, Sotomayor. He taught school. And what is he saying? He's saying that, We all know this. Schools fail. That's what he's saying. He's saying that the schools are failing. Who runs these schools? Who has been running these schools for the past hundred years in these blue cities? Who runs? This is not Republicans, folks. Republicans are not running the public schools in Los Angeles, in Philadelphia. In New York, in Detroit, where not one single building meets compliance for safety, not one school building, who runs these cities? They always beg for more money. We spend billions and billions of dollars, and yet we have failing schools. We have them here in New York. This should be the number one issue that Republicans drive home in 2024 you want to know what you're doing to american children look at what democrats are doing to the children you want to know why we have this rampant failure in our society of kids growing up to fully access the american dream why they feel this they have no chance in our society it's this I'm going to have a lot more to say during the coming days about this whole uh, uh, affirmative action deal because it how dare any society call itself enlightened when you're asking people to choose me based on my race it's ridiculous choose me on what I've done what I can what I have demonstrated that I can do it's called merit anyway we got to take a break coming back your calls coming up James Golden, aka Snurly, here with you on Bo Snurly's Rush Hour. Back right after this. Uh, uh, Ain't nothing I can say,
2: nothing I can do. I feel so bad, yeah. I feel so
0: blue. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh my goodness. A girl
2: that wish
0: that ebony Eyes from be. the songs in the Key of Life
2: album. Of and I know she's got to be one.
0: That's Stevie. There was an amazing um, New York Times over the weekend. They did a 50-year retrospective on the Talking Book album. And I mean, it is a long piece. And it was incredible. Let's head to the telephone, shall we? Let's begin with Neil in Brooklyn, New York. How are you, Neil? Neil.
2: Good afternoon, Mr. Cernley. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, Scott Perry was accosted in in August, I believe. I had never really heard of him before, and he had his phone confiscated by
0: the uh, fascists. Yeah, by yeah. the DOJ.
2: Yeah, the FBI, actually, right? And, um, yeah, and that's really the DOJ. Yeah,
0: right. there hasn't been much on it. I w- decided to use my time today. With him to ask him about other things, but that's certainly going to come back up. And next time we have him on, uh, we but should it, ask him about that because it was a but, th- this was part of this whole January sixth overreach by the Department of Justice and the FBI. Go ahead.
2: Well, I hope you will ask him because it came out last week um, that supposedly he dropped his lawsuit against the DOJ. So I would really wonder why that happened, and could you ask him next time you have sure. the opportunity? Sure. And I could would. I ask you one other quick thing? Sure. sure. Um, you and Princess Di had mentioned that Jim Jordan was making some kind of a backroom deal.
0: We had with him Kevin on. McCarthy. We had him on. He debunked it totally. He said it was a no. We totally asked him about that. He came on that week. Jim Jordan just—I mean, the guy just doesn't flinch. And we, you know, we let him know, hey, look, we're going to ask you about this. You know, I'm going to ask you about it. And he—he he was just up front, transparent. Nope, there is no deal. And he talked about what the, what to expect. So that's on the WABC website. You can go look at all the podcasts, find us, uh, find the Boston Show and you'll, you'll find the podcast with Representative Jim Jordan. He said he's going to come back too after the elections. We're going to talk to a lot of these guys, uh, from the Freedom Caucus and, and like Representative Jordan and Representative Scott Perry. We'll, we'll catch up with them after the elections as well, Neil. Great call. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mike in Oceanside. How are you?
2: are you?
1: Good to speak to you. I have a question for you. On this thing with Pelosi, both men, I believe, were in their underwear, and they also mm-hmm. said that there might have been a. They said there might have been a third person. Maybe both men in their underwear were doing something while Pelosi was aware, was away and not aware what the what was going on. Could they be they were having a, an affair? Because right away the left is assuming that he was out to get Nancy Pelosi. So the way they could assume, I could assume that.
2: Paul and
0: this guy will have an affair. Uh, uh, if you want to assume that, you can assume that. There are plenty of people on Twitter and other social media, media platforms uh, raising that as a possibility. I have no insight into that whatsoever, but I do have questions about the mainstream narrative on this, and I just think that there are some oddities that do need to be answered. Uh, you go to somebody's house to do this, and you're in your underwear. They say... It sounds a little odd. Uh, thank you for the call. Tommy in Brooklyn, how are you? Hey,
2: hey Bo, a.k.a.
1: Um, Mr. Sterling. Um I just want to say, you know, I I greatly value your opinion and your insight. So I just want to let you know that these are my thoughts and my own, and I have friends who are nudists and swingers, and, you know, many of them use E or Molly to enhance their experience. Um, I'm not saying that that's what happened here. Um, but I am trying to look into this David the Poppy guy, and I'm having a hard time. All the good information you got to pay for. I'm, I'm struggling
0: right now. I'm going to say it later. Well, just, I subscribe yeah. to a bunch of newspapers. I pay the, the money. And here's what I come away with. This guy has a troubled background. Yes, he was involved in the nudist movement out there. Uh, you read some accounts that say he was out and out uh, progressive. Of course, they're trying to in the press, claim he's some kind of mager Republican, I don't see that. You see the rantings that he did in some cases. It's Look, I think that the, the clearest picture so far, and I say so far because I'm not trusting what I'm reading about this case at all. I'm reporting what I read about it, but I'm not trusting the narrative that's out for before us right now. The narrative is that this guy has had a lot of drug problems and he is maybe unstable. Now, that part I believe. What I'm not believing is this narrative of what happened at the House. And I just don't think that we're being told the full story. And I'd like to see some evidence. I'd like to see when it's released. I'd like to see what the C- uh, CTV cam. Want to bet that we're not going to see that before the election, though? No? Hmm. Let us go to Andrew in New Jersey. Andrew, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you?
1: Right. With the uh, affirmative action case, I always say emulate the Asians. Don't discriminate. Like in my own house, my wife is an Asian immigrant from Thailand, and I try to keep up with her. She puts me to shame. She's working full time and also now a full time nursing student studying in English, which is her second language. So she's studying in a foreign language. (laughs) So don't punish them. Emulate them. And ironically, it's the Democrats that um, do the damage where they get the people and the fathers then out of the homes and you have the high wed- out of wedlock, so they try to make up for the damage they cause by being racist <laughs> against another group. You know, the government
0: should be policy. colorblind. The government should nope. treat its citizens the same. And by the way, that goes for uh, criminal acts too. It's like if you notice all of a sudden today we get all oh, this accuser for Paul Pelosi is going to face federal charges. Really? Really? There are a lot of people that face the kind of violence that Mr. Pelosi faced, and I'm not diminishing it, but they they have their assailants walk out of jail. That happens in New York. And then those assailants go on and hurt other people. And all of a sudden now, this assailant is definitely not going to get out of jail on one of these no-bail deals or no-cash bond. He's not. You know that. He's going to be treated like a criminal, Mike in Middletown, New Jersey. You're up next.
1: Hey, hey, James. We're nice to talk to you. I'm just wondering when is Speaker McCarthy going to be introducing a uh, uh, a reform bill to have common sense hammer reform? I mean, after this incident, we need it badly. We can't have nuts doing this to people in their homes.
0: Mike, I hear your uh, your great empathy and uh, for. For the victims of, of hammer beatings. It comes through loud and clear, Mike. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it very much. Michael in Rockaway Beach, you're on with James Golden, aka boss How are you?
2: Hey James, good. Um, I've been in traffic now going over the drugs neck bridge. I went ten miles in two hours. The Democrats don't only not are not only able not to run schools, they don't know how to run transportation. Well, construction. They give away these jobs to their union friends. Every damn road and highway and bridge and tunnel in the city is torn up. Then they're going to have congestion pricing downtown. They built nothing but bicycle paths and bus lanes, and you can no longer drive through the city. It's ridiculous. Oh, son of a bitch.
0: Thank you, Michael. Do- I try to take the shortcut through Mama, but I appreciate the call very much. Uh, listen, ladies and gentlemen, November 3rd, WABC and Ramsey Mazda Back to Blue. We're going to spend a full day on this radio station backing law enforcement, not just here but around the country. That's Back to Blue, November 3rd on WABC. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to say goodbye for the day, but we will be back tomorrow with Boston and Louise Rush Hour. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Remember, catch the night up next right here on WABC. Keep it here all day, all night. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Bye. It's like diamond ring, it's precious thing. And we never want to lose it. It's like favorite song that we love to sing. Bye-bye. This is the rush hour with those nerdly on the
1: Red Apple Podcast Network.